Hey everyone, welcome to the Relevant Church Weekly Podcast. We're so excited you've joined us today. We hope this message encourages you, inspires your heart, and strengthens your faith. Enjoy. All right. I am excited to be here. I love being with Pastor John. He told him not to make me cry this service because he made me cry in the first service. But uh, the same way that he said that I've been there for him, Pastor John's been there with me in my best days and, and in my worst days. I remember one of the, the toughest moments of, of my life. I remember calling him and telling him what was going on and him praying for me, telling, him, telling me that he's there for me and and, uh, you know, I'm in Miami. He's on the other side of the country in California. And two days later, get a call from Jonathan again to see how I'm doing. And, and uh, I'm like, man, I, I'm, I'm hanging in there, bro. It's rough. And he's like, come outside. I'm outside. And he came all the way to Miami to be there for me. Just a parachute drop off. And, uh, and so uh, it was great. And so thank you. I love you guys so much. And, and I did get to bring Leilani with me. So I'm excited about that, too. Um, let me show you the rest of my family that didn't make it to California. Um, this is, we're a little stretched out, but that's Caleb over here. That's, he's 16. That's Joshua in the middle. He's 14. Stella is 11. And that's my wife. She's 21. And <laughs> why are you guys laughing? And, uh, and that's me there. I'm real happy. To, this was a couple of months ago in, in uh, New York. And um, it's been a blessing to, to raise my kids up in a way that I wasn't. I, I wasn't born in a Christian home, like probably a lot of us. And um, uh, to, to bring up our children in the ways of the Lord is so important. And it's so amazing. And it's such a blessing. Since they were little, we've instilled in them the importance of having a relationship with God. And like a lot of you that have kids that are trying to raise them up as, as good people, as Christians, sometimes we wonder, is it going to stick, right? Are they going to be another uh, pastor's kid story, you know? And, and, uh, and it's, it's been a challenge. My prayer life has gotten very good, especially now that two of them are teenagers. But it's been great. Since they were little, we've instilled in them the importance of sharing their faith, and talking to their friends about Jesus. I mean, I'm, I'm going back to elementary school, kindergarten. On, on uh, Easter, they would bring invites to church, inviting kids to come to church on Easter. We'd prepare these little uh, Easter cards with candy, and, and their friends would come to church. There's actually a family that was part of our launch team when we launched the church four years ago that they came to Christ because Joshi invited them to church on Easter, right? And so it, it's incredible. And um, we encourage our kids to invite their friends to youth group, right? Hey, invite your kids to youth group. Invite your kids to church on Sunday. Um, one of uh, my favorite moments in the last couple of weeks was a couple of weeks ago, my son Joshua helped me baptize one of his friends, right, that, that started coming to church and, and uh, wanted to get baptized. Like, what, what a privilege, right, to be able to do that, not be able to do that, but raise our kids as church planters too, Right In the church that I grew up in, um, uh, your son wouldn't have been able to baptize one of his friends with his dad, right? But, but what an honor that I didn't even ask him, hey, you want to help me? He said, dad, I'm going to help you baptize my friend. And so it's not odd on a Friday that my kids show up to youth group with four or five, six friends. A couple weeks ago, I, I pulled Josh to the side and I said, can you tell me how many of your friends are here from school? I was at the youth group after youth group and I saw them playing football and there was almost 10 kids 
from his high school that he invited to, uh, to church, and it, it's super cool, right? And so uh, one of these Fridays that passed, Josh, I pick him up from school, and, and Josh is our, I don't want to say rebel, but he likes to test, right? But he's also very bold, and, and so I pick him up, and he's like, hey, Dad, Papi, can, can uh, we bring Jake to youth group? And I'm like, of course. I'm like, but I have a couple errands that I need to run before we get home. See if he could get a ride to the house, and then we'll take him. If not, then I'll, I'll bring him, you know, but it'll be easier if he can get a ride to the house. And he's like, okay, cool. And I'm going about my errands, running around, picking up, like, printing for church on Sunday, some T-shirts that they printed, some of our merch. And then all of a sudden, I get a call from Leilani, my wife. And she's like, oh, my God, babe, there's a man in the house. And I'm like, what? I'm like, lock the door, grab the shotgun, and call 911. Josh hears me say, grab the shotgun. And we have shotguns in Florida, um, so we're very comfortable with that. Right? And grab the shotgun, call 911. Josh, he hears me say that. He's like, Papi, stop. That's Jake. And I'm like, Jake is in our house? I'm like, how do you get in our house? He goes, I gave him the code to open the door. And I'm like, bro, you almost lost a friend. Right? And, and he's like, well, I told you that... Uh, he wanted to come to church, and you told me to see if he could get a ride. I'm like, yeah, but there's a big, important part that you left out. Was, if he gets there and we're not there, what does he do? Does he ring the doorbell? Do I give him the code? So he took it upon himself to make that decision, right? There was a lack of communication between us that could have been fatal, right? At the very least, he would have pooped his pants, Right? <laughs> So I'm like, bro, we have to communicate better. You have to learn to like, let me, he's like, but I didn't think mom was going to be there. Well, just so happens mom wasn't feeling good, came home early and was trying to take a nap, right? He's like, I, I assumed. And I, I remember in elementary school, my teacher taught me what assumed means, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. We've all done this in our relationships, we think we said something, and we didn't. Sometimes our spouse tells us something, and they imply something, but it's not a, a clear detail. That never happens in my house, right? But there's a lack of communication. There's a lack of information. There's a distance sometimes that we have between ourselves and the person that we want to talk to. We get excited, and we don't say everything that we need to say. Do you know it's the same way with us and God sometimes? There's a lack of communication. We've lost that connection that we had with God at one point. Right? Remember Adam and Eve? They used to walk and talk with God in the garden. And then they wandered off and did their own thing. Right? So many of us do the same thing in our life with our friends, with our spouses, at work. We do it in our relationships. We think that we've said something and we haven't said it. Or I've told you a million times, why do I need to tell you again? We say that we love God. We have all the cute little Jesus things in our cubicle, all the positive affirmations. We post all this crazy stuff on social media. But honestly, when was the last time that you had a conversation with God?
Not that you requested a laundry list of things from him, but that you spoke to God and you thanked him and you told him how you feel. You told him what you were going through. He wants to know. Oh, but doesn't he know everything already? Yeah, but it's important that we talk to him. Don't you feel good when you're struggling, when you're going through maybe a sad time in your life and you sit with a friend and you just like let it all out? You know why it feels good? Because you were created for that. You were created to unleash those burdens and not carry them. What did Jesus say? Come and cast your burden upon me. Not upon your girlfriend or your boyfriend. On me. Because when you, when you give it to someone else, you know what they do? They try to one-up you. Oh, you think that's bad? You broke your leg. I broke both my legs and two ribs. And now you leave from what was supposed to be comforting with another burden. Another problem. Jesus came to have a relationship with us. He didn't come to establish a religion. He didn't come to establish a church. Yeah, we're the church. He came to establish us. Upon this rock, I will build my church. It's on you and me. This is our God. This is where we come to celebrate. This is where we come to rejoice what God has been doing Monday through Saturday. Hey, we come together. This is our annual work party. We just do it every week. As followers of Jesus, because we're excited about what God has done. He came to have a relationship with you. But relationships don't work without communication. You know, one of the number one reason people get divorced in this country, it's not because of infidelity. It's not because of spousal abuse, physical or emotional. That's not the number one reason. Number one reason is communication. There is a lack of communication in the home. Between couples, imagine if I tell everyone, I tell you guys how much I love my wife. I post beautiful things, poems about her. I write her songs and just to post them on the internet to share it with people so that people could hear about how much I love her. I even buy her things, but I don't tell her how valuable she is. I don't tell her how important she is. I don't dedicate time to getting to know her better. How do you think my relationship with her would be? Yet that's what a lot of us do with God. We, we tell people scriptures. We post scriptures. Some of us even preach to people. We love to say, oh, I don't do that. I don't go there because I'm a Christian. That's, that's the old me, not the new me. But yet when it's just you and God, there's like nothing there. There's like a wall. There's no communication. And so essentially what we're doing is the same thing that I would be doing if I would be telling everyone how, how amazing my wife is. And, and look at all these beautiful things that I say about her, but I don't tell her. I'm doing it so that I can look good. I'm doing it so people can think, oh, he's a great husband. He's so romantic. It's the same way with us and God. We wear, you know, Christian merch, and we, we say all the Christian right things and post the Bible verses and, and tell people in our job, like, did you see the new thing I put in my cubicle? You know, we have a little crucifix, like, by our computer, right, so our sales can increase or whatever the case may be. But it's not to glorify God. It's so that I can be self-righteous. It's so that I can look good in front of people, yet there is no communication. There's no prayer life. A famous novelist once said this, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. 
That's the biggest problem. We think that we said it. Joshua thought that I knew that his friend was going to break into my house. He's like, well, you said he could come over. I did. Well, you said that he could come to the house. I, I did. But I didn't tell you that you can give him the code to open the door and that he could hang out and walk around the house and go in our fridge. Right? I didn't say any of that stuff. So if, if we know that talking and, and communicating, it's so important in our earthly relationships. Ask yourself, why is it that I fail to talk to God? Why is it that I fail to communicate with God? How is our relationship with God going to grow if we don't talk to him daily? Hebrews 4 says this. Now that we know that we have Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God. He's there. He's available. We have ready access to God. Let us not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a high priest who's out of touch with our reality He's been through the weakness and the testing, experienced it all but sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. God is saying, walk right up to him. You have access to Jesus. You have access to me. Don't let it slip through your fingers. How many times have we let things slip through our fingers and then we're living in regret? Man, I lost that opportunity. I lost that moment that I had. Hey, you have ready access to God. Every single one of you through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross of Calvary and the resurrection on the third day. You have access to God. Don't let it slip through your fingers. And unlike what we may think or what people may have taught us, it doesn't depend on you. It's all because of Jesus. It's all because of him. It's not because you're good. It's not because you're bad. It's not because you fed a hungry person. It's not because you showed up here at 7 o'clock in the morning and set all this place up that you think that now you've earned a privilege to talk to God that privilege was given to you and bought for you by Jesus on the cross of Calvary you have ready access to the Savior and so how do I grow in my prayer life how do I grow in my communication with God you may be asking yourself this is very basic and very simple yet we fail to do it and fail to live it pray all the time but, but how do I do that? First Thessalonians says this, be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. And this is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. I don't know about you, but this verse really rubbed me the wrong way for a long time. Anybody else? Let's be honest. Be thankful at all times, God. When they total my car, I got to give you thanks. Be thankful when, when I lose a relative, when someone dies. Be thankful when someone breaks my heart. Be thankful when I get fired. Be thankful when I'm sick. Like, that, this, is, this is like a, a sick joke. What this verse means is that there is always something to be thankful for. Always. So, yes, you totaled your car. But guess what? You're alive. Thank you, Jesus, that I am alive. I can buy another car, but I'm alive. Right? 
My child is sick, but thank you, God, that I have the resources and I'm in a country where I could get him the help that he needs. Thank you, Jesus. But instead, we enjoy the pity party. We enjoy the attention that we get. Oh, my God. And we put, you know, you know when like one of your friends is having a bad day because there's all these passive aggressive posts that they start putting on social media. Right. You can't trust nobody. You know, all men were created equal. They're all jerks. And you're like, she got into a fight with her husband today. Right. Like and that attention, all the little hearts. Oh, my gosh. All my girlfriends are liking it. You know, but what we need to do is change our hearts and change the way that we think. That is how the world acts. But what does God tell us? Do not conform to the pattern of this world. You guys ever made gingerbread cookie little men? And you get that pattern and... And you make... I've never done it, but I've seen it done, right? That's what the world is doing to us. They want us to fit the pattern. They pound on us. They stir us. They shake us. And then here comes the devil trying to mold us. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. You're not of this world. Give thanks in every situation. How do you pray all the time? Establish a routine. You know what I do when I wake up in the morning? I say, thank you, Jesus, that I'm alive. Thank you, Jesus. You gave me another day. I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning today because I usually wake up around 6 on Sundays, but I'm, I'm in another time zone in the East Coast. And I could have woken up at 3 and said, oh, my God, it's 3 o'clock. I, I'm going to be so tired at four today. I can't believe that I can't go back to sleep. But you know what I did? I say, thank you, Jesus. I could pretend to be a teenager and go back to sleep. To- <laughs> right? And then, I, and then I woke up around 6.45, 7 o'clock. I texted Pastor John. Hey, Pastor John, John. I don't call him Pastor John. I'm like, yo, uh, what time are we leaving? And, uh, and he didn't respond. And I could have been, what a jerk, this guy. I'm in, sleeping in a room in his house. Instead, I said, thank you, Jesus. I get to snooze it one more time. Right? When I wake up in the morning, I thank God. And then I have to wake up. And I used to be like, oh, man, the kids have school. I got to wake up early. I got to go wake them up. And I start walking to their room. And I'm like, thank you, God, for my daughter, Stella. I open her door. And I'm like, honey, we got to go. We got to wake up. I turn on the lights. And then I leave the door open. I'm like, if you're not out of bed in two minutes, the dogs are going to be in here. And they're going to be on your bed. And that gets her up, and then I go wake up the boys, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus, that I have these men, Lord. Bless them, protect them, protect my children, and I'm just praying. We think that prayers have to be, oh, majestic heavenly being in the sky, oh, Lord of hosts. It's like, that's cool. Your prayers don't have to rhyme. They don't have to have scripture in it. If you want to do it, that's fine, you know, but just talk to God. He wants us to call him dad, daddy, Abba, father. Think about that. That's access, right? Jake didn't have access to my house. That's why my wife was going to blow his head off, right? (laughs) He didn't have access. She's not his mommy and I'm not his papi, right? But my kids could come in and out whenever they want. They could open my fridge. They can say, papi. And I come out and I respond and I'm there for them. They have ready access to me. You have ready access to your daddy. So Relevant Church, who's your daddy?
right? Another thing that I like to do, and I'm kind of sharing my prayer life with you. It's not the most religious prayer life, but it happens and it's real. Whenever I think of someone, I pray for them. If a family member comes to my head, it's not a long prayer. I'm like, God, bless Pepito. You know what I mean? Like, if I think of a friend that, that maybe I saw some, them post something on social medias, and then I, I'm reminded of them. I think about them, and I send them a message, and I said, hey, I prayed for you. And you'd be surprised how many times I get a message back, oh, my gosh, I'm having such a bad day. That's the Holy Spirit putting those people in your heart, in your mind. We live in an age where it's so easy to just throw someone a text, to slide into someone's DM and say, like, yo, I'm thinking of you care about you. I saw this video and I thought of you. I heard this song. Listen to it. Obey the prompts of the Holy Spirit and pray for the people that God puts in your heart. When you're going through a tough time, talk to God first. But most of the time when we're going through a tough time, we're texting our friends like, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what happened, right? Because we like that negative attention, Oh, my gosh, like he did it again. I told you to leave him. I told you he was good for nothing, right? Or you tell us, oh, my kids are doing terrible. So are mine. And like, like there's nothing that you're gaining from that. But if you go to God first, you put your burden on him. Amen. And he takes your burden and he makes your day light. Do you ever walk around and it's just heavy? Life is heavy. It's difficult. We're living in difficult times, uncertain times, and that's why it's so important that we have that communication with God. I love in Hebrews 4 where it says, just walk right up to him. Walk right up to him and talk to him. I've had the blessing since Thursday to be traveling with my wife here in California. Um, we spoke at a conference in, in Long Beach, and we spent the day with Jonathan yesterday. We're here today, and there's no one else that I'd rather be with than her hanging out. And you know when I have trouble sleeping at night, sometimes I'll, I'll have a nightmare. Sometimes I fight with the devil in my sleep. Anybody ever fight with the devil in their sleep? Oh, I got one, two. Can I have three? Can I have three? Four, 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 four. All right. So, right. And, and I don't know. I don't talk in my sleep. But then I start, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And my wife will wake me up. Like, wake up, baby. You're fighting with the devil again. Right. And, and, uh, and I'll just close my eyes. I'll get my hand and I'll slide it under her. I feel her skin and I have peace when she is with me. But you know what? You may hear that, oh, wow, that's so sweet. That's so cool. I almost lost her. I almost lost her. When I was about 15 or 16 years old, I almost lost the opportunity of having a relationship with her. Because I was afraid to walk up to her and talk to her. For years, I was playing out this moment where I would tell her how I felt about her. I remember psyching myself out in school and walking up to her to say hi. And I'd be like, I didn't know what to say. Right? And she was an attractive, she's still attractive. She was an attractive young girl. Other boys were looking at her too. And I would be like, oh my gosh, someone's going to take her from me. And, and when I would see like other guys talking to her, I'm like, oh man, I want to kill that guy. You know? But I wasn't doing anything about it. I was a coward. She was this beautiful girl. And she was about to slip through my fingers because I wouldn't talk to her. And then one day my church is having this Christmas party. And all my buddies 
that are around my age, they're like, hey, who are you bringing? I'm bringing this girl. Who are you bringing? I'm bringing that girl. And I'm like, man, I can't decide. There's so many. <laughs> there was. There was. There was. And, uh, <laughs> and I had just gotten a new car. I had this little green Ford Ranger that I loved. And all my friends had cars, too. And... They're telling me, oh, I'm coming with this girl. She's so hot. Oh, my gosh. This and that. And they were saying, like, oh, we're going to go get ice cream before the event. And, and maybe we'll go cruising in South Beach after. And saying all this stuff. And, and they're, they're telling me all this. And, and then I'm like, well, I got to build up the courage to talk to this girl. Or, one, I'm going to lose her. And these guys are driving me nuts. And so one day I picked up the phone and I prayed. And I said, God, let her answer the phone because it's not as easy as it is now. There's no text messages. There's no, like, comments on social media. I had to pick up a phone, dial her number, and call her house where her dad lived, her Cuban father lived, right? And I'm just praying, God, let her answer the phone. Let her answer the phone. And the phone rings, and I'm praying, and guess what? Her dad picked up. And I'm like, ugh. Hello, hello, quien es? Who is it? And I'm like, hi, it's Mark. And he's like, who's Mark? And I'm like, oh, you know, I go to church with you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. And I'm like, uh, how can I help you? What do you want? What do you want to do? And I'm like, well, can, can I talk to Leilani? He goes, Leilani? I'm like, yeah. And so, I mean, I'm dying, right? Puts her on the phone, and I'm like, hey. And she's like, hey. She sounded a little nervous, too. She should have been, right? It was a good catch. And... Uh, <laughs> And, and uh, I'm like, hey, my church is having a Christmas party, and you want to come with me? And she's like, yes. I'm like, okay, great. And I hung up the phone. <laughs> that was it. And I was all by myself. I was in my dad's print shop working late, and I was so excited. I had no one to tell. But if I wouldn't have taken that step and reached out to her, I would have missed out on the most amazing life ever. And see, in many ways, it's the same thing with us and God. We miss out on the opportunities that we have with him, on the blessings that we have with him, on the things that he wants to show us and tell us because we don't take the time to speak to him. We don't take the time to spend with him. And sometimes, amen, to listen to what he wants to tell us. James 4, 2 says this, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. What are the things that you want and need in this life? You don't have it because you haven't asked God for it in faith. You know that not talking to God, it's a bad habit. Not spending time with God is a bad habit. I want you to listen to this question that I'm going to ask you right now. What are you missing out on today because you're not talking to God? What are you disappointed about in your life today because you're not talking to God about it. Hebrews 4.16 again. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. He is ready to give it to you. Take the mercy. Sometimes we think, ah, oh, I don't deserve that, man. I've done bad stuff. I don't deserve God's mercy. It's not about deserving. It's a gift that he has ready for you. Thanks to Jesus. Accept the help. We're a society that doesn't want to be helped. I'm self-made. I don't need help from anyone, from my family, from no one. I'm doing it myself. I got here by myself. And a lot of times it's pride. One, that we don't want someone to say they helped us. And two, we don't want anyone else to get the glory, not even God. 
We want the glory to be ours except the help. And that's my second point today. Take what God wants to give you. It makes no sense to pray. And then when God wants to bless you, that you don't accept what he wants to give you. I grew up in a culture, and maybe you guys can relate, maybe not. I asked Pauline this morning. She said, yeah, my parents kind of used to do that, right? When we used to go visit people, like a family member or someone from church, my parents would give us this long speech. And it was this. It was like, don't accept anything that they want to give you. If they offer you food, ice cream, water, anything, just say no. And I'm like, but why? Like, I'm hungry. I like ice cream. Like, what about if I'm thirsty? Nope. Dike no. Say no. It didn't make sense to me. You know what? There's no way to be blessed if we don't accept the blessing. Accept the blessing. God wants your faith to grow. God wants your relationship with him to grow. But if you don't accept what he wants to give you, you're not going to grow in your relationship with God. Church people love to say, oh, I'm going to find another church because I'm not growing. Growth doesn't come from Sunday. This is like the whipped cream. All right? You got to bring the ice cream, the coffee, whatever you want to put whipped cream on. And Pastor Jonathan will put some whipped cream on you on Sunday. But what's in the cup, what's on the plate, what's in the bowl, it's dependent on you and your relationship with God, your communication with God, what you're investing in God. And so you don't have what you need and what you want because you're not talking to God. It's a bad habit to reject what God wants to give you. Imagine if after I asked Leilani out on that date, if I hung up the phone like I did and never spoke to her again. That would be crazy. It'd be like, you're one dumb guy. The girl said yes. You said you liked her and then you never called her again. You never gave her any more details. How many times do we do that with God? How many times maybe God has given you a blessing and you've taken that blessing and you've just gone about your life and never nurtured that relationship, never built on that blessing. You see, we try to rationalize when we answer questions like, why don't you pray more? Why haven't you got, oh, because God hasn't given me what I wanted. I've been praying for my spouse for 20 years. And he's still the same annoying, bitter man that I, I've been with for 20 years. Doesn't want to go to church. Makes fun of me every Sunday when I get ready to come to church. I just don't even pray for him anymore. I don't even want him to go to heaven. I don't want to see him up there. Right? We get mad at God. We get mad at people because we feel that God's not listening. Or maybe God does bless you, but it's not what you asked for. You know what my daughter Stella wanted to have for breakfast every day when she was younger? M&M's. Like, what do you want for breakfast, honey? M&M's. I'm like, oh, I can't give you M&M's for breakfast, baby. Does that make me a bad father? That instead of giving her M&M's, I gave her eggs and milk, bread, a little bacon, right? That makes me a good father that loves my daughter and knows what's good for her. And then sometimes when she would eat all of it, I'd throw a couple of M&Ms on the side and say, hey, baby, good job. Thank you for eating your breakfast. Here's your treat. But if I would have done what she wanted, 
she'd be a beautiful 11 year old with no teeth and a beer belly right but I love her and I know what's best for her God knows what's best for you and he will give you what you need not what you think you deserve he'll give you what you need when you need it some of you have been praying for a blessing some of you have been asking God God I really need this and God hasn't given it to you because you're not ready for it you're not prepared for that blessing there's still some holes in your bucket and if God fills you with that blessing that you've been asking for it's just gonna waste away I was talking with Monica before the service and I hope I didn't ask for a, a, a signature but we were talking the last time I was here about relationships and we prayed about it she was waiting on God and when the whole world was dying and people had COVID, guess what? God brought her someone when she was ready for the blessing. So you may not get what you've been asking for, but don't stop praying. Because that's where our faith grows. That's where you are built up. Work on yourself. A lot of us, a lot of people have these long list of things that they want from God, from someone, from work. Focus on being prepared for the moment that God just opens up the floodgates and pours it upon you that you would not waste what he wants to give you. And accept what he's giving you today. God, I receive it. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, when I asked Leilani to be my date that one day, She said yes, and that's what I wanted. Then I called her a couple days later, and I said, hey, at what time can I pick you up? You know, I want to pick you up a little earlier. We can go get some ice cream, and then we'll go to the banquet hall. And she's like, oh, no. I'm like, what? You don't like ice cream? She's like, oh, no. You're not driving me. My mom is taking me. And I'm like, ugh. Like, I was a little upset because I'm like, if your parents only knew how amazing I am, I'm a Christian man. I'm serving in my church. I love Jesus. Any parent would want their child to go on a date with me. I thought those things. Then I thought, my boys are going to make fun of me when I show up to the banquet hall. We all parked our cars, took up like two or three parking spots, you know, left the lights on and stuff and kind of stood there, take pictures. When they're taking pictures with their, their dates and I show up by myself. And I started thinking, the devil started putting lies in my head. Like, there's 20 other girls that you can go with, that you can pick up early, that you can take to get ice cream, and you can take them to that event. And it was a battle. It was a struggle in my head. I'm sorry, babe. Um, but I, I didn't listen to what the devil was putting in my head when I didn't get what I wanted. That's not what I wanted. But she was still showing up. She was still coming, right? I remember waiting for her outside of the banquet hall and all my friends are walking by with their dates and being, we knew you weren't bringing anyone. We knew no one was going to come with you and I'm waiting for her to get there. And then she got there and got out of her car and she looked so beautiful and I gave her her corsage and it was a beautiful day. If I would have believed the lies that the devil was putting in my head, 
There would be no Stella. There would be no Joshua. There would be no Caleb. There would be no Mark and Leilani. That picture that I showed you of me and Joshi baptizing his friend it wouldn't exist. It wouldn't exist. But I trusted God. And I know that it sounds simple, stupid, a banquet hall. No. But that little thing changed the trajectory of my life. That little decision to not get mad that I didn't get what I wanted, but God gave me what I needed. God had a plan for my life. He had a plan of purity for my life. To be a pastor, to be a leader. To tell stories and testimonies of how you could honor God and and still date someone and, and not take them to bed and have sex with them on the second date. God knew things about me that I didn't know about me. So he gave me the two most conservative in-laws that anyone could ever ask for. And one of my first and only dates where it was just me and Leilani was the day that I asked her to marry me. All right? I was 22 years old. I was 16 when I asked her on that first date. And it took me like three hours to convince her dad to let me do this. I'm like, bro, I, I can't ask her to marry me with my chaperone there. You know, it's just like a buzzkill. Like, please. Like, I gave him the itinerary. This is where we're going to be at every single time. Addresses, everything. And then he says, okay, you have to be home by 10. And we were home like at 9.45. Right? God knew what I needed. And didn't give me what I wanted. And it didn't make him a bad God. It made him a good daddy. First Peter says this. Be sober minded. In Miami we say don't be stupid. Be watchful. Your adversary. Your enemy. The one that wants to see you fail. The one that doesn't want family portraits and testimonies and people coming to Christ and the world changing. Your enemy. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Not to trip. Not to stumble. Not to fall. To devour. To kill you. To rob you. To destroy everything that God has for you. The only way to grow as a Christian is to pray all the time. To keep that window of communication open with God. And it doesn't matter if you're sad on those sad days. Be sad with God. And tell Him, I'm sad. I feel depressed. I feel lonely. Cast your burdens upon me. He's asking you, throw them on me. Throw them on me. I'm going to give you rest. Say that word rest. Doesn't it feel good? He wants to give you rest and peace. Take what God wants to give you. I beg you. Don't let the devil devour your dreams. Don't let the devil devour your future. Don't let the devil devour the promises of God upon your life. Don't let him devour the purpose that he has for you. And the way that he wants you to impact this world for eternity for generations to come the world will be transformed and here's something that's it's hard to understand but it's so true sometimes you're not going to see the answer to your prayer but you keep praying
You keep praying. I planted Love Unlimited four years ago. Twelve years before I planted Love Unlimited, my father died. But all the years leading up to his death, he was praying for us to start a church. He would tell me, God has called you to be a lead pastor. God is calling you to start a ministry. Why are you running from God? I'm praying for you. Be bold. This is what you were born to do. And he never saw his prayer answered. But God was faithful and answered it. And people are coming to Jesus and heaven is going to be full because he was faithful and prayed and didn't give up even when he didn't see the results. So pray for your children. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your family. Pray for your neighbor. And you may never see the result. But God is listening. And God is good. You see, maybe you're here today. Maybe you're here today and you have surrendered your dreams. You have believed the lies that the devil has put in your head. You gave up what God wanted to do in your life. Maybe you believe the lie that God is not listening. That God is not going to do it for you. He does it for everyone else, but not for me. He does it for her. He does it for him, but not for me. And you've given up and you're just coasting. Maybe you're here today just seeing if something sticks. Let me tell you something. God is ready and able to restore everything that the enemy has taken from you. Not tomorrow, today. He is ready and able to do that. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, it says, God, your God, your daddy will restore everything you lost. He'll have compassion on you. He will forgive you. He will restore you. He'll come back and pick up all the pieces from all the places where you were scattered. A lot of us, we've been hurt by different people, different circumstances, different situations, pieces of our heart broken, spread out. Some of us say, hey, there's no way that God can do that with me. If that is your thought today, I want you to know that you are in the perfect place for a miracle to happen in your life. When all hope is lost, when you've given up, God is ready to show up and restore you and give you back what you have surrendered, what you've allowed to slip through your fingers. You have ready access to God. I'm going to invite you to stand up. And I don't know if it's one person or two or 10 or 20, but I know that there is at least someone here today that can identify with that. Yes, Mark, I have surrendered in this area of my life. I've stopped praying for that person. I've stopped praying for that miracle. I have accepted to just coast. Hey, the good news is that you're saved and you're going to go to heaven. The bad news is that earth is going to feel like hell. And that is not what God has for you. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus invited it to earth. Thy kingdom come. You can live out the kingdom right now. Not in misery, not defeated, not sad, not depressed, not wanting more because you have everything that you'll ever need in Jesus. And so if that's you today, I want to pray for you. 
We do this back home at Love Unlimited. We come together and we pray for those that have a need. And if that's you today and you feel like, yeah, Pastor Mark, I've surrendered in this area of my life. I've given up on that thing. I, I need to improve my communication with God. I want to pray for you. That's you. I'll just invite you to come up so that we can pray. Come. Come. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit relevant316.com slash give for more information. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it through your social media, and tag us. Once again, thanks for joining us. God bless.